This weekend, I got to play Relic Blade for the first time. We did the unboxing last week on the podcast on Skirmish Supremacy. So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and go check it out. Here we're doing a new, uh, new style, or you know, kind of a follow-up style. As we play games and do different things, we'll just kind of talk about it. You know, what did we accomplish over the weekend? What did we do? How did it go? Stuff like that. Just... Kind of whatever I feel like talking about. It's just me rambling. See, I promised. You guys are going to get one where I'm just talking. It's not going to necessarily be very long, but it should hopefully be entertaining. Alright, so we played Relic Blade this weekend. If some of you haven't seen, I've posted up some of the pictures. Totally unpainted minis. The fun part is, I uh, I was in Florida and I brought some foreground terrain with me. Uh, and we had to assemble a little bit of it real quick before we played. Some of it I had assembled. And then I was, you know, we were getting ready to place it, and I knew I was going to take pictures, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'd brought some trees with me, not, not much, you know, I, I just had one stand. And so we were going to play, and had to go run and do some errands, so ran off doing some errands, and, and I saw an AC Moore, and I ran in there, and I'm like, you know what, I'll just grab a, a piece of felt or... Um, something a little bit heavier that's just a darkish green and, and try and use that. So run into AC more and I actually end up finding some, uh, some thick foam, uh, board, uh, about an eighth inch thick. And so I grab a couple of those and they have the roll of fake grass for, for laying down to place your models on. So found that and then I found some they're about four inch plywood rounds that are about a sixteenth of an inch thick so I took all those took and applied some peat well cut circles out of the the fake grass and just slapped them on top and then just glued some trees some more trees that I found on top of them it was awesome took and cut one foot squares out of the foam board, then cut, well, we glued those squares to the paper and then cut the paper around it. So then I had four uh, one foot by one foot uh, tiles. So we could set those all up. And then with all the other terrain, I, I made a complete game board in a couple hours. And then we played a couple hours of games. It was It was awesome. So how did the games go? The games went awesome. So there was three of us playing. In the first one, we were doing a mix of the uh, the quick start rules and the actual rules. The quick start rules really just have you as a hero and then someone else as the pigs just go head to head, basically to help you get kind of how the combat mechanics work. It was it was definitely interesting. It was definitely fun. Uh, I threw in. I dropped a, a relic in the center of the board, and we had a third person playing, so they got a character, I got a character, we started all from different corners, and then somebody else had two pigs, and we just kind of went at it. 
there was some uh, rule errors made, of course, first game played. Uh, and then further reading in the book helped clarify some of those. So then we played another game because, you know, we were like, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and one of the big errors is we were taking it as you move all your characters, then the next person moves all their characters, then the next person moves all their characters. Which meant the guy with the pig moved his pigs and he was kind of moving them simultaneously like they were an actual unit. And further reading of the rules... They are individual characters. You do move them individually <clears throat> and resolve all their actions. So we, we worked that one out. We went into the next game. The Pigs won the first game. Definite advantage there when they both were moving and attacking. And we didn't realize the, the error with the rules. There was also a couple other little things, how charging works, that we screwed up on. Just things like that. So follow that up, and we went to the next game, where the first game was about 25, 26 points. The next game, we were all at about 50. The pigs added one extra pig. Uh, I think they had two shield pigs and a halberd pig. So then we turn around, and then... uh, The other player was playing the Dark Wanderer and the Dark Watcher, which are some Kickstarter. They're not exclusives, but they were unlocked for the Kickstarter folks, and they will be extra add-ons post-Kickstarter. And I took the Druid and the Questing Knight. So, in this game, I threw out three relic tokens, or we we each put out a relic token, and I put down the rules of you had to keep it six inches from any board edge, and you had to keep it six inches from any other token. Probably in future games, uh, just due to the size of the board, I'd make that four by four, uh, four inches and four inches instead. Just because it is, it does get kind of tight. I mean, you know, the point is you you're going to get in the middle and you're going to kind of smack each other around. But even just with how I had the train laid out, like I wanted to kind of put some up in some of the ruins a little bit more. And you were almost too close to each other. You know, it was almost too close to really do that. Now, the funny part is the, um, the person playing the, the dark watcher and dark, uh, the other one, he just charged the pigs. <laughs> that he he got uh he got initiative in the first turn and he just charged his guys at the pigs. He wasn't he wasn't even playing around. He he just he had a since the pigs had beat him up the last time, he decided he wanted to beat the pigs up this time. It really didn't work out so well for him. So the questing knight and the druid ran and grabbed a couple relics and then ran off the board and you know, all in all we won. We didn't fight anybody. I did try using magic with the druid. It failed. Um, Which is another thing. I misunderstood how the dice mechanics work. So the dice mechanics, you have a target number, and if you roll multiple dice, the total on the dice has to beat that number. It's not that number or greater. So there was a couple times where... That would have been very pivotal in changing how the gameplay went. 
and you know, but it was an error that was equally across the board, so it wasn't terrible. Um, some of the attacks you had to use two dice to do the attacks, and they had two different numbers on them, and I thought you had to get you know, had to match or beat both of those numbers. Now the the catch is is that what that really is is for your critical hits. Your if you get those two numbers, say um, like the the halberd for the pigs or the axe, whatever whatever it is they're using, it has a four and a one on it. So if I roll two dice, it, the total is five. If I roll two dice, and I get a um, five and a two, I've got a seven, so I succeed. But if I roll a four and a one, I succeed, but I get the critical. So that's how that, how that mechanic works. You know, that's, you got to get the dice roll to get the critical. That's, that's really actually kind of an awesome, you know, mechanic right there. I just hadn't read it in the rules. I didn't read the rules enough before I started trying to teach other people how to play. Uh, I got home and sat down and cracked open the rule book. And it's not that many pages. Um, the one catch that I have with the rule book isn't that it's, it's badly laid out. It's that sometimes when you're reading something, there's no reference to, hey, this is really how it's done. So there were some questions we'd written down that when I started reading it from the front to the end, you know, it's like, oh, hey, it explains it in this paragraph kind of tucked away in here. Stuff like that. So it was all rather interesting and uh, one hell of a learning experience. <laughs>